we're all somewhere or somehow like trapped in this idea that if you like work hard you'll be like bill gates or like you know but what you fail to realize is that bill gates is bill gates because he exploited workers jeff bezos is jeff bezos because he exploited workers the whole framework of capitalism is exploitation i had a good opening and i lost it anyway this one would do Going live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another installment of We Move Still Podcast. This is Abdul here, back again. Um, today we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, we're doing a community discussion. Um, I opened up a, kind of a forum for other people to come in and express their thoughts. Um, I believe that idealism, I believe in idealism. I think that um, society can only progress, as Karma said, society can only progress with the exchange of ideas and um even though you might not agree with other another person there's also something to learn from them um and so that's one of the reasons why i wanted to do this um the t- the question that we are um considering and that we're going to talk about today is is racism a byproduct of capitalism um and i've been thinking about that question for a lot because um uh, we uh, a lot of uh revolutionaries like Angela Davis, Kwame Ture, um who were socialists who I really uh um loved their work and listened to and read some of their work um you know they were famous for um believing that um true liberation of black people cannot be attained without dismantling capitalism um Eliminating the black struggle cannot exist without eliminating capitalism. Black liberation cannot exist without eliminating capitalism. Racism cannot be dismantled without eliminating capitalism because um, those two systems fuel each other. Um, And so I wanted to read um, an excerpt from um, this book, Privilege, Power, and Difference by Alan G. Johnson. I was first introduced to this book uh, my freshman year at St. Mary's College, Maryland. We don't really say that name anymore, but um, we don't claim that school anymore. But um, at that school, um, I was in this program called the Susan Brent Program. Um, really helped me a lot. And a lot of things in this book were things that I've now come to learn and now I've come to accept as a reality um based on like me like you know educating myself and learning and and then now it was just like everything that i already knew was here and i just forgot about it but i got back to reading this book and i just wanted to read an excerpt and then we can pass it over to um the people on this panel or whatever whatever it's called um and then we can go from there Um, So it says, the basic goal of modern capitalism is to turn money into money. Capitalists invest money to buy what it takes to produce goods and services, raw materials, machinery, electricity, buildings, and of course, human labor. It doesn't matter what they produce so long as they can find a market in which to sell it for a profit, more than it costs to to have it produced, and end up with more money than they started with. Whether the results enhances human life providing food, affordable housing, healthcare and the like or causes harm for individual capital or causes harm, tobacco, alcohol, drugs, weapons, slavery, pollution. 
may be an issue for individual capitalists who value a clear conscience. But the system itself doesn't depend on such moral and or ethical considerations because profit is profit and there's no good way to tell good money from bad money. For capitalists, since they don't produce anything themselves, they have to get the workers to produce goods and services that are worth more than the wages capitalists pay them. Um, since capitalists, so I'm just jumping around here. Um, since capitalists profit from the difference between the cost of producing goods, most of which is people's labor, and what they can sell goods for in the markets, the cheaper the labor, the more money left over for them. Excuse me. This is why capitalists are so concerned about increasing worker productivity. And then it goes on to say, um, while capitalism produces an overall abundance of goods and services, it distributes the wealth so unequally that it also produces conditions of scarcity for most of the population. Um, given how capitalism works, it connects to white racism in a way that are both direct and indirect. And one of the direct connections is the enslavement of millions of Africans as a source of cheap labor on cotton and tobacco plantations in the South, which is done, uh, you know, merely for economic reasons. Um, and then it goes on to say, following the Civil War, the capitalist appetite for cheap agricultural labor was no less than before, and freed blacks were held in a new form of bondage by an oppressive system of tenant farming that kept people... And perpetually in debt. And capitalism direct connection to white racism has also op operated in the acquisition of land and raw materials. Um, as we as we know, uh, Native American tribes were uh, um, inhabiting most of the land of the United States as well as from Mexico. And um Whites managed to get what they wanted through a combination of conquest, genocide, and a complex array of treaties that were routinely ignored. And it leads me to my point um, that the oppressed conditions of blacks and other racial minorities encourages them to work for wages that are lower than most whites will accept. Employees have used this to pose an ongoing threat and white workers and then we also know from history that beginning in, in the early um, 19th century there was a systematic campaign to encourage white workers to adopt the white to adopt whiteness as a part of their social identity so that no matter how they're treated by their employers they could always look in the mirror and comfort themselves with the fact of being white and therefore elevated over people of color which leads me to say these are my words. It doesn't make sense because capitalism created such a complex condition for people which fueled racism and allowed workers or white workers to focus their fear and anger on the supposed threat from black workers who are more likely to receive lesser wage and lesser pay and made the white workers less likely to see their common condition as workers and fail and allowed them or made them fail to join together against the capitalists. 
Um, and so that's kind of a long preface, whatever. I just kind of wanted to read that because I thought, um, you know, just how this book um, highlighted the problem and talked about it, talked about capitalism and class, how capitalism and racism was important. I just wanted to do that. And so now we're actually going to get into the discussion. Um, the question is, is capitalism a byproduct of racism? And so we're just going to start from here. Um, o- opening statement from one minute for uh, for, for one minute. Um, you can introduce yourself. You don't have to say your name. Um, whatever you want to share. But um, you talking about the topic. You have one minute and then we can go from there. And I encourage people to take notes about what other people are saying so that we can keep this conversation moving. And I'm going to hand it over to you guys. All right. Um, so, hello. My Hi. name is Brianna, but I go by Onyx. Hi, Onyx. <laughs> I personally do believe that racism is a byproduct of capitalism, mostly because of um, if you study Marx a bit, one of the main things he pushes is Did that... Did you say if you um, study Marx? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if you study him, one of the main things he pushes and talks about is that one of the results of capitalism is that people feel al- alienated from each other or are pushed to feel alienated from each other. Mm. So there's divisions such as owners of a company versus workers. And like I feel like that type of system can easily play into racism in the fact of like the idea of okay there's these groups of people and that group of people and oh we're better than them because we have this going for us so i feel like racism was fueled by capitalism in the fact that like they needed someone to put down more or less they needed Mm. someone to do the cheap labor for them and to be the other so that the system as a whole could work okay all right all right, and that, that that was uh, that was heavy. That was a lot. Class struggle fueling, class struggle fueling racism, um, as well as establishing the other. And hopefully, we get to talk about that. Um, and I'm gonna pass it on to the next person. Um, the mic is yours. Hey, Bree, can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, so I completely agree with uh, what Brianna was saying, and I was kind of thinking the same thing, but I see the pattern of like racism as trying to place value on people's lives, which is basically the same thing as like classism. And so that's what they're trying to do with capitalism as well, is to say that these people are, um, you know, below us. They work, they work. Well, not below us, but but below us, and we work for um, people who essentially are above them and make more money and profit off of the labor. So it places value based off of how much money you can make and how much labor you can give to corporate America. Hmm. So value, um, value being placed uh, or on labor as opposed to life. Okay. All right, and then we're gonna go to the last person, Stephanie. Handing over the mic to you. Hi. Hello. Um, Welcome back again. <laughs> Thank you. I agree that racism is a product of capitalism, 
I think like Onyx said, I was thinking the same thing. Like basically the the point of capitalism or the goal is to have, you know, workers. And like if there's going to be someone to work or there's going to be a difference in people, like what better mode than to find someone an arbitrary reason for why the, this person is less than or why this person should be the one making me money, you know? Hmm. And whether it be because they look different, their eye color is different, whatever reason that I got to find to to make sure that this person is feels like they're less than so that they work for me, I'm going to find it. So I absolutely agree with that. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay. So I wanted to... Um Based on the answers that I've gotten, um, I wanted to bring up um, um, to bring up a point, um, and then we can um, th- we can think about that in relation to what other people have said, and kind of just uh, move move on from there and flow from there. Um, I think that um, I think that the problems that capitalism. Um, that capitalism has produced, um, like the the wealth gap and the economic uh, inequality um, within the society, is what created has now not now um, has created um, a class system and a class struggle. And like uh, as as Onyx was was saying um, when she said, you know, cl- the class struggle is fueling racism and establishing the other. Um, I think in that I think that in that way, for example, if we think about the mother of them all, if we think about slavery, um, it was a form of capitalism because the slaves were producing goods for way much way less free than um, than was than the than um, the goods and services they were producing. They weren't even they weren't even workers. That's not even so. They weren't even workers. So they they didn't even fit the category. So they were being exploited in that way. Um, and so the very structure the very structure of capitalism makes it so that wealth is distributed so unequally because the people who are making the products that are being sold are being paid way less than the products that they're selling. And sometimes they still have to purchase that product. So, like, I'm earning $3 to set, to make something that's, like, $100. And I don't even earn enough money to even buy that thing. Um, and so, uh, it also, capitalism is also connected to colonialism, as we know. But, um... I wanted to touch on what's uh, establishing the other. Um, I'm kind of just kind of uh, trying to address everything that was said. Um, establishing the other, um, like I said in the beginning, um, that's in the 19th century, there was a systematic campaign to encourage white workers to literally adopt whiteness as a part of social identity. And what that causes is that, like, oh, I'm being exploited like I'm not you know I'm not being paid what I deserve for producing these products but at least I'm white at least at the end of the day I'm not no damn you know you know the word yeah you know like at, at least I'm not being killed and 
they are being used as a tool. They themselves are being used as a tool to make the rich richer and the poor poor. But at least they're still white and they still they can still find comfort um, in this in this sense of superiority, thereby creating the other. Um, and so this failed after emancipation, where white workers now couldn't use the fact that they the fact of their freedom to mark their superiority in the book it was talking about it said the response to this was a loss was a loss uh, a period of enormous violence and intimidation directed at blacks much of which was perpetuated by the newly formed Ku Klux Klan with no serious opposition from the government or larger white population um and it's such a complex situation because the same system that it, that produces the, these conditions for people, um, for you know, uh, marginalized people, disadvantaged people, um, that creates this condition for them, for them to be at a disadvantage, that creates this oppressed condition for them is the same system that utilizes their oppressed condition and uses them for labor. Where they don't earn even a, a cent close to what they're producing, and it just it's like a, it's like a wheel and just furthers the wheel. Um, so I'm gonna stop there and then turn the mic over and then you know see what you guys have to think about that and what you guys have to think about what other people have said. Also, we're at the 17 minute mark and I'm, I'm gonna put this in the podcast. So, hi guys, we're at the 17 minute mark. All right. Well, I wanted to say I completely agree with everything you just said. And it reminds me of this documentary that I ended up watching in one of my classes. It's called Malikwa Doras. Hmm. It was basically, um, they were looking at corporations. And basically, it was looking at um, some towns in Mexico. And basically, like when I think it was around the 1960s when people were fighting for their rights. Um, a lot of companies shifted to Mexico with that same idea of capitalism, like, oh, let's move our, our companies to Mexico to make more money because we can pay them even less than what people in the United States would get paid. Mm. And yeah, so like the whole documentary was like covering them in their lives. And then what happened was, uh, I think it was the early 2000s, all the companies that moved there packed up their bags and moved over to Asia because at the time, the amount they would pay people in Asia was even less than what they would pay them in Mexico. So it was just kind of like following their lives and seeing how like these big corporations came in and they basically destroyed their lives. They polluted the areas. They exploited them for the time. And then most of the people, they didn't even get like severance pay or anything like that. Like they went to work one day and the next day show up and the whole corporation shut down. So like that whole idea of like just striving to like basically squeeze out as much labor for as little amount of money definitely yeah worker productivity um i really i really resonate um i really resonate with what you said about um companies moving their labor and their um operations abroad and it reminds me of make america great again um you know this idea of you know making america great bringing jobs back to america but then 
if you ask yourself why why were these jobs that are american based like you know uh, they're american companies why what made them to move their operations somewhere else it's because they could get more for less that's basically what it comes down to they could get more for less um and so, in a way, they are contributing. I mean, you know, companies have uh, extradite their uh, their like operations abroad. For example, like Miss Kylie Jenner, how she's not paying her uh, her factory workers and like you know sweatshops and all of that. Those the same. I feel like it's not far fetched to say that the the. Um, the same system, the same imperialistic, colonialistic system um, that is fueling ca- that has fueled capitalism in a way is a system that caused their condition um, to to f- make them be in a position that they are working way less for producing something that's going to be sold for way more. Um, and also, it's the same system that causes the people in this country um, to be oppressed. Because it's like everyone wants to, it. You know, it. I. I always wonder, like, why, why, um, why are people so invested in this idea that they're gonna be like a billionaire, they're gonna be like a millionaire one day? And what I've come to realize is that, like, we're all somewhere or somehow like trapped in this idea that if you like work hard you'll be like bill gates or like you know but what you fail to realize is that bill gates is bill gates because he exploited workers jeff bezos is jeff bezos because he exploited workers the whole framework of capitalism is exploitation and what better way to exploit people than exploiting oppressed people and what what better way um, to formulate hate against the people than grant oppressed people jobs, tell people who society have, has given this kind of like pref- uh, preferred dominance and this idea that they're superior over others and tell them that you're not giving them jobs because you're giving these other people jobs, but it's the same, it's the same uh Capitalism is the same capitalistic structure um, of this society is what causes those people to be in their oppressed state. Um, so, yeah, that just that just reminded me of like when, you know, people say make America great again. But like bringing jobs here, why was it ever there? And what like what do you mean by anyway? That's a different issue. But that reminded me of uh, uh, of, of, you know, of that statement. Um, I'll go next. Um, what you were saying about um, what's the word that you use? Basically, taking advantage of of people. Exploitation. Uh, uh, exploitation. That reminded me of um, this book I'm reading now, and um, like the idea of human liberation and why capitalism is in fact like a byproduct of racism. Um, but that like that was the that within itself is I don't know like I feel like I I don't see any points or any arguments against like why it wouldn't be a byproduct because the whole thing about slavery the whole point of slavery 
and capitalism is getting other people to work for you for basically nothing or for free so yeah all right um i had an idea two things i wanted to do um i want to play I want to play this video. I want to play this uh, video from this interview by Angela Davis. Um, and I wanted to say something else, but I remember it. About racism and capitalism, you often write and speak about how they are intimately connected and talk about a world that you envision. Yeah, racism is integrally linked to capitalism, uh, and, and I think it's a mistake to assume that we can combat racism by leaving capitalism in place. Um, as Cedric Robinson uh, pointed out in his book Black Marxism, capitalism is racial capitalism. Uh, uh, and of course, to just say for a moment uh, that uh, Marx pointed out uh, that what he called primitive accumulation um, um, capital doesn't just appear from nowhere. The original capital was provided by the labor of slaves. The Industrial Revolution, which pivoted around the production of capital, was enabled by slave labor in the U.S. So I, I'm convinced that the ultimate eradication of racism is going to require us to move toward a more socialist organization of our economies, uh, of our other institutions. I think we have a long way to go before we can begin to talk about an economic system that is not based on exploitation and on the super exploitation of, of black people, Latinx people, and other racialized populations. Uh, but I do think that we now have the conceptual means to engage in discussions, popular discussions, about capitalism. Occupy gave us new language. Uh, the notion of the prison industrial complex requires us to understand the globalization of capitalism. Uh, Anti-capitalist consciousness helps us to understand the predicament of immigrants who are barred from the U.S. by the world that has been created by the current occupant. Uh, these conditions have been created by global capitalism. And I think this is a period during which we need to begin that process of popular education, which uh, will allow people to understand uh, the interconnections of racism, heteropatriarchy, capitalism. Okay. Did you guys, uh, what do you guys think about that? And after that, I have something to, to read here. Well, I thought it was like very, it was very deep to say the least. I definitely like, it's like she was coming at, at it from different angles that I wasn't even thinking about initially. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's a lot to absorb. Yeah, I, I think the way she um, like has like connects, con talks about um, capitalism and talks about racism is like from such like a holistic standpoint and it brings into play like for example she talked about um slavery and she talks she talked about like um workers uh it's this it's the same system that is exploiting uh racialized populations um 
and I found not moving away from this completely, but I found um, uh, excerpt from the book that was supporting what I was saying earlier. And I'm just going to read it really quick here. Um, it says similar dynamics operate today, although perhaps with a greater subtlety. The controversy over affirmative action programs, for example, as well as the influx of immigration workers from Mexico and Asia and outsourcing of jobs to other countries all reflect an underlying belief that the greatest challenge facing white workers is unfair competition from people of color, both here and abroad. This belief ignores this capitalism ignores the capitalist system itself, which by its nature increases the wealth of capitalists by controlling workers and keeping wages as low as possible. It allows a small elite to control the vast majority of wealth and income, leaving a relatively small share to be divided among everyone else. Such dynamics of capitalism make for conditions of scarcity that encourage fierce competition, especially in the working and lower classes, but also many segments in the middle class. And that goes to what I was saying earlier. Um, and given the historical legacy that encouraged whites to feel a sense of superiority and entitlement in relation to people of color, such competition is bound to provoke anger and resentments among whites, which is then directed at people of color rather than those whose wealth and power lie at the heart of what is essentially an economic problem centering on the distribution of wealth. In this way, dynamics of class privilege fueled continued racism, which in turn draws away draws attention away from capitalism and the class oppression it produces. The result, as Michael Reich shows, is that white racism actually hurts white workers by strengthening the position of capitalists at white workers' expense. Yeah, what do you guys think about that? Um, if nothing, I have something else I wanted to say, but I'll um, give it a little time to... Yeah, what do you guys say? Stephanie, I know you got a lot going on. I know. I hope you're going to edit this part out because I am so lost right now. What was the question? Um, <laughs> uh, we were talking about, yeah, I think I feel like I'll leave all of I end up leaving all of this in. Um, uh, did you were you able to listen to the excerpt from um, Angela Davis that I am? Yeah, video? I've been here. I've been here the whole time. Oh, nice, nice. But I just I just don't know what's going on. Um, no, I was I was just uh, um, um, highlighting what she said about exploitation of workers and the condition, the condition that it produces, whereby um, it, it, it conduces, it produces a oppressive, um, uh, an oppressive, the same system that produces an oppressive um, state for these people is the same system that um, and that causes them to to be willing to um, accept lower wages for the same job as their white counterparts. And in the sense that capitalists blame um, or um, affirm white workers, that's the reason why they don't have or they're getting paid a certain amount or they don't have this um, is because... 
they don't have these jobs is because they're giving it to these people or these white workers know which creates um anger and which creates resentment which is then in turn redirected to keep the you know um black people people of color and you know um racialized population who are already being exploited and turns that anger on them um instead of focusing your attention and energy on what's actually causing you to be in the condition that you are which is capitalism is what is the problem and i just um yeah i just mentioned that and want to know what you guys yeah i mean first sure that i mean i think when you're talking about like outsourcing and or like people you know when it comes to people coming in yeah to like immigration and the idea of like oh people are coming to take you know take jobs from you mm-hmm. and like you being upset with people like these people that are coming and taking your jobs instead of be- instead of being like well why aren't there enough jobs to begin with right yeah or why yeah. um why do i not have a job compared to someone who is coming in um like instead of questioning the system you're questioning the person then i mean mm-hmm. that's obviously very true but i think even still then there is something bigger or there's more of a reason that like it's like what like what initiated this the what like what how did the people in power know to to use this tactic or like how was this initiated to know that you know using such tactics would cause productivity Mm. you know like it's i think i think this is so nice this let me write this down i'll let you finish your thought i'm gonna write this down okay kanye um no like you know what i'm saying like i think because when you first asked the question is capitalism is racism a byproduct of capitalism Mm -hmm. you know i was like oh is it the other way around is capitalism you know but because I'm thinking, like, okay, when it comes to, like, slavery and the slave trade, right? Like, obviously, that was fueled by capitalism. But at the same time, like, they didn't just, like, they, for some reason, saw black and brown people as inferior anyway, right? Yeah. So, they already that, felt... Go ahead. No, I said that is the point that I'm going to end up circling back to. So, I'm just okay, going to let so- you finish your thought. I mean, but of course, they were already, like, indentured s- servants anyway. Mm-hmm. But, of course, that was a form... That was, like, classism. Um, so, that wasn't really, like, a, what we see regarding race in terms of, like, actual ethnicity and mm. the color of our skin. But it just always makes me wonder, like, okay, so why is it that Big Corp can say or like you know politicians can be like yeah these people who also happen to be brown and black are coming to take your jobs and then like people actually fall for it like why is that rhetoric so easy to accept rather than for people to be like actually like okay what's wrong with like what there's nothing wrong with them coming into and like finding jobs the question is why don't you have enough jobs for us that Mm. there's not enough jobs to go around or there's not enough money to go around for everyone 
Yeah. I think that's the real question. And because at the end of the day, like when we talk about capitalism, I think it's so funny that we say, obviously racism is a, is, is a product of, of capitalism, but like people seem to think that black wealth and black capital mm. is going to be the answer to... Okay, is, we're going to... I think that is something... I, I'm too far? Okay, I'll stop. Nah, 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 nah. I want you... Uh, sit on that. That That is... We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Right now, we're at 36 minutes. 36 minutes. And... Um, should, should we do 45? And then, like, do another one? I don't know. I don't want to do one hour. I would do one hour. Fuck it. Why am I complaining? They're going to listen I'm anyway. <laughs> I'm going to bed soon, so there's not going to be a part two with me. All right, good. Right. Um, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, oh, when you when you were talking about um, when you were talking about uh, indentured slavery, and you were talking about, like, I feel like you kind of took a step back, um, and like went to something that we can maybe refer to as like the beginning or like something that's like marks that marked a shift in uh a a shift that is now translated in what we see today um you were talking about the fact that they were already indentured slaves and i think it's worthy to know that like what fueled slavery all across the world what fueled the transatlantic transatlantic slave trade was the fact that although um africa as a continent and countries in africa as individual entities and empires at that time were already um engaging in trade with the western world and um people were going to f- from you know from these countries from these tribes and empires whatever and you know, basically what we have today people exchanging intellectual material people you know engaging in trade um because everything that the western world needed to advance was in africa the minerals everything um but what causes what I feel like caused what uh, the form of capitalism we have today um, indirectly or like way, way back is the fact that um, slavery or slaves, um, um, uh, slave traders or like colonial, I wouldn't even say colonial masters, but people who needed people who needed such uh goods and services aka slaves wanted to monopolize this trade it's kind of weird talking about trade of human beings wanted to monopolize this trade and and you know i think that even just starting from there and looking at the fact that like that was a thing that like they bought slaves even still like it's still like a form of capitalism they bought slaves for probably like way less than they got out of them like way less than the labor and that they got out of them and you mentioned what you mentioned this question like what made capitalists know about like that people were gonna engage in this um in this class struggle which will will feel which will fuel um 
a racial struggle um, and racial uh, discrimination and will, and will feel um, the condition of oppression of uh, black people, um, brown people, black and brown bodies all over the world. I think that it's completely coincidental, in my opinion. I feel like it was it com- completely, it is completely coincidental. Um, That's a uh, hell of a coincidence. Wait, I think I yeah, but listen, 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 listen out to me. I think that um, before uh, they had to. I feel like it, it is fueled by colonialism, but this ex the 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 class struggle part is completely co- coincidental in the sense that um, they created uh, they created this system they created they created the system um, for merely one purpose to exploit to get more than um, they're putting in whatever, um, and I think that um, it created such a like. Like I said earlier, it created such a um, such a inequality, such a like wealth gap inequality that like you fail. It it it, it created so so many problems, so many complex problems that people fail to realize what's truly the cause of their struggle, what's truly the cause of their suffering, and. It's you know it's because they're blinded by their condition, which you can't blame them. Like for example, if I don't have food on my table because I live in a food desert, I'm not gonna say it's capitalism that causes that caused that. But in a way, it is capitalism that has caused that. That has fueled um that has fueled um a system where black people can only access certain. Like for example, real estate or like a redlining, like on a much holistical like view, holistic view, much bigger view. It's still it's the same thing that's ca- that's caused this that as a uh, same thing that has uh, caused this condition. And so I feel like people are way busy treating the wounds and treating um, and and focused on and the problems that capitalism has produced. That's the the energy and the and the and the resentment and the anger is directed in in the wrong direction. Like for example, like white workers, you know, blaming the the condition um, the condition of their um, um, like their way of life, the condition that they are in, on the fact that black workers. Or Hispanic workers or Asian workers are taking their jobs that their bosses offer to those people for less than they they were paying them. So, anyway, I just um... Stephanie, you posed an amazing question: Why does this rhetoric keep working? And all throughout history, it's been working. Every time they've had a scapegoat, like if you look at the Nazis. Or if you just look at America, like you've always had a scapegoat as to why these issues are happening, but people don't want to really consider that they might be a part of the issue or contributing to the issue or that there's a bigger problem at hand. Um, But I think the difference with this generation is that we're starting to question a lot of things more and we're not just accepting things. We're not just like being sheep and being like, okay, well, it's 
whoever, whatever group you want to oppress is not just their fault. It's a bigger problem ahead within the system. But I was asking the same thing. Like, why does this keep working? Why do we keep seeing the same thing throughout history? People having a scapegoat saying that, you know, it's this group's fault. So let's punish them instead of looking at the bigger issue. Yeah, like I hate to, I hate to like minimize everything and like use like really simple language. But like, are we like? I feel like okay, you know how we say that we are a blank slate when we're born or whatever. Like racism is taught, is not inherent, right? Yeah. But I'm just like, so are we just stupid? Because it's like it's literally like I it it baffles me because I'm just like how come like nobody has ever just been like wait what like nobody's ever just well not nobody i'm sure there's somebody someone obviously we are here having this conversation because someone has obviously questioned the the structures but i'm just saying like this has worked for a very long time numerous times over a course of time like for a majority of the time right yeah so are we as humans are we just dumb and we believe whatever is heard or is there some type of and i think since you are reading or you read privilege difference and power or whatever the book is called wow i think that it actually sorry <laughs> i think it actually talks about the fact FG that you would like, not you know, like that um no comment <laughs> <laughs> um i think i think that the book talks about like how we as humans feel or no i think it's like the things like aren't we supposed to like things that are different or something like that are we supposed to be intrigued by things that are different Mm. something like that but so it just it just it always makes me wonder like hmm is it that there is like just uh a dislike of other anyway like you know in the from the beginning that's why it's easy for us to just accept it when someone comes and says yeah like that other person is bad and we just say we just like take it in like is it just because we are dumb or do we actually have like these biases that are not learned or taught rather that are not taught to us but we just have you know we just believe it i would hope not but i just think there has to be like this phenomenon of just someone coming to us and like i mean i get that sometimes they can be great um they can be great leaders or what's the word I'm looking for? Like they can be very, um, what's the word? But like, like intelligent minds or like they can like, you know, very persuasive, I guess they Mm -hmm. can be very persuasive, whatever. Sure. But I just find it so hard to believe that a majority of people just out of nowhere accept. Like I think just the other day on my Instagram, I saw a post that was like, um, you know, like people say, oh, how come Narcan is free, but insulin is not, right? Hmm. And then um, the other picture was like, crossed out the how come Narcan is free and just put how come insulin is not free. And basically the point was that like someone else's struggle should not, you shouldn't use someone else's struggle to fight for yours or something like that. You shouldn't negate someone else's struggle to Mm. prove that yours is a thing right okay so again it's like i always question like how can we never just say yeah like this is just wrong instead we always have to be like well this person has to be oppressed as well right like why is this person's oppression like why do we just never just say it's unfair that we're all struggling this way instead we want to bring someone else down just to get back up 
Hmm. Okay. I took some notes and I think I have maybe I don't know. I, I think I have kind of sort of like I'm going to I'm going to provide my like unique perspective on this. Um and so you're like your your question is like so like what why are we like accepting like like you know, someone is bringing something to us and we're accepting whatever. I think that it um I'm going to say this and then I'm going to I'm going to ask the the last question. Um, I have a, a last uh, a question uh, follow up, and then we can we we're gonna end it there. Um, I think that f- it first has to do with um, establishing identities and establishing identities related to privilege and identities related to power. Now, I just follow me here because I think I have like. Like I have it And I'm not gonna Like You know Wander away from it Um Establishment The position Or the identity That is uh Associated with the highest form of power And in the society We know that it is White Heterosexual Male Middle aged man Um And so This system Of privilege and oppression Causes certain conditions For people Causes certain certain oppressive conditions for people, and so it forces them to strive to want to eradicate their um, their oppression or advance the struggle, right? But I think for people where we've gotten it wrong over the years, and we still continue to, is that. Like I've said it before on, on the previous episode, is this idea of proximity to power, and in a way, is proximity to whiteness. And so, you know, it's also this is one of the topics that's in my idea jar. Hopefully, we get to it. But it's like this, like kind of a um, in-group fighting. So, like oppressed groups still. Enacting the same sort of violence, still enacting the same sort of uh, um, uh, same 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 sort of uh, uh, actions that causes them to be oppressed on other members of their even even their own and other marginalized groups, and so is this like proximity to you know to like want to be in the highest or like. Be close to it as possible And that's why you You know Ask someone who's Dominican Like oh You black Nah I know black I'm Dominican I'm Dominican I know black um, There's this comedian that Has a little Funny ass kid on that And then I also I also think And then to answer the point uh, uh To address the point uh, Of uh, Of Stephanie Is like Why have people not questioned it Till now Um There's two things That I've think about that i've said this before numerous times is that the conditions and the struggles and the and the and the experience that these systems produce makes people make people to be occupied on those things and make people to be focused on those things without seeing the bigger picture and also most importantly the reason why they're also occupied is because racism and capitalism capitalism as the economic system is um 
race race based capitalism capitalistic racism as angela davis said is embedded in so many institutions of our society in in so many different ways and i feel like we've been focusing on uh we've been focusing on like for example like workers but if we if we if we if we think about it if we think about it um for example we talk about terrorists i mean i, I don't want to i don't want to uh endorse terrorist activity but it's the same system for example when you when you have someone that's like oh you know you, you destroyed my home when i was like 2 and then i'm going to i'm going to fucking train all my fucking life to be a whatever and then you know do this whatever like it's the same system that causes that causes that person that that causes that person's condition it, you know it, it's this you know like this exploitation for example like uh, the US you know being involved in other countries business for their own like to protect their property but like most of the time is for oil and like we've known that like historically and it's just like it's same you know this like exploitative um um capitalism you know is used as this exploitative tool to create a condition for people and then then you have uh then you have people like um uh associating actions of one person or or numerous people of a certain identity or like a certain religion as like you know like uh, people saying like all oh, all muslim people are terrorists or things like that and it's the same thing it's the same system that that also causes like white domestic terrorists to not be called domestic terrorists because capitalism again is fueling racism in that way anyway i'm gonna end that there and so the last question is um it's kind of a different version of the initial question the initial question is um is capitalism I mean, is racism a byproduct of capitalism? And so I, uh, I have asked that, and you've answered. And I want to know: is how do you think racism is, uh, racism is a byproduct of capitalism? How was that actualized in reality today? How has it been actualized in reality? To like, you know, like, what is your take on that? And then from there, we can just uh, ease out, and uh, you know, and it's there. Can I go back to a point that you said previously um, about how we're so focused on other struggles that we can't even um, tackle the bigger problems? Mm -hmm. And I thought, like, how how are you supposed to be taking care of your family, worried about, you know, your next meal? Um, Like, how are you supposed to educate yourself and seek further education on these bigger issues, which schools aren't providing, public education aren't providing. So everything you do has to be on your own. And if you don't have access to those things, then it's just a it's just a black hole. But going back to your question, um, I think that they're both byproducts of each other. But it's it's more so like what came first, like the chicken or the egg. But I think racism came first. Um. So personally, I think one way is just like socially, like. The whole idea, even like bouncing back off of what you were saying earlier, like society is the main reason why or like social expectations.
patients is the main reason why this thing's operating so well and why it like runs so i guess you could say discreetly within our own society so like Mm -hmm. one example is like okay um i'm just thinking about it this way like say you become a lawyer right and you're making like 250 dollars like yes you may have been like raised from people who like for example were making minimum wage or something like that but societally like the people around you are going to be like influence you kind of in the whole idea of like oh you made it here why couldn't people from your neighborhood go to law as law yeah like that whole idea like oh you made it why didn't they make it and then like that kind of thought process starts like replicating and then now when you have kids you're more than likely going to be like oh well i have 250 dollars because i did this i don't Mm. know why my my block didn't do the same thing so i feel like that's kind of how it like plays into nowadays mostly through like i guess you could say um kind of the ranking system or the class system in america because most of the time black and brown people tend to be at the bottom just because of how society specifically puts obstacles in place to prevent them from seeking higher education for example people who like escape that they're not thinking that they're like oh like they might think like oh yeah i made it out because i'm lucky at first but then the people they surround themselves with especially if they're surrounding themselves with like (laughs) sorry to say but like white people who have been privileged their whole life they're not gonna they're gonna like switch the way they're thinking so like that's yeah. why i always i always tell myself like everyone always thinks like oh if i became a billionaire overnight i'm gonna fix this i'm gonna fix that i'm gonna do all these things but if you become a billionaire overnight this is the bubble you're around is going to completely flip and those people around you gonna be saying stuff like oh i don't know why you're donating to that cause though i don't know why those people don't just get up themselves and work and become as successful as you were but like, how did they become a billionaire though? Exporting people. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. that was really good. Um, one last thing I forgot to mention was just that I was searching it up because my teacher told me this once in class. But mm. they said if they said if you spent a thousand dollars each day, it will take you about two thousand seven hundred and forty years before you spent a billion dollars. Goodness. So, yeah. So literally, there is no way for you to be a billionaire and be ethical at the same time. Yeah, I guess that's a that's a conversation for another day. When I talk about socialism, I've learned a lot about socialism and communism and like the fear mongering uh, surrounding that. But hopefully, we get a chance to talk about that one day. It's already in my, you know what it is, um, Stephanie. She's not there. Okay. No, uh, I'm. Oh. Damn. Give me a second. <laughs> oh my god. Hold I on. feel like I talked a lot. I don't have nothing to say. No, you didn't. No, you didn't talk. You didn't talk a lot. The last question I was asking was, uh, um, <clears throat> I said, you know, I raised the first question: is is cap is racism a byproduct of capitalism? But then, like, a follow up is like how and like, you know, just yeah, how. And how was that, like, actualized in reality today? Yeah. I mean, I think the answer is yes. I'm still working on how. Mm-hmm. Because I, I wonder if racism, if capitalism... Well, I don't know. I feel like they're two separate entities. Like, I feel like they're two separate ideas where, like... You know, because capitalism existed before racism or before what we know as racism, right? Yeah. 
when when it was just the whites among themselves that there was like the uh, what religion was the separation was a tool of separation right yeah so I feel like I feel like always there's gonna be um, there's always gonna be that like caste system or system of like who has power and who doesn't so I feel like they might just be two phenomena that just coex that just happen to coexist and that happens to play into each other right like one happens to just kind of perpetuate one more or they perpetuate each other I think but I mean I guess for now I have to say yes mm. racism is a byproduct of capitalism how I gotta do more research and then I gotta figure that out mm, okay um so I guess my turn okay um so I think that I've been thinking I've been thinking a lot about this um um I I think that I'm I'm a bit conflicted. I think that race uh capitalism is what caused um is what caused ra- uh, racism um as we've talked about, you know, uh establishing the other um establishing what is not I guess in a way we have to like look at it from like a colonialistic point of view as in like, you know, um, first of all, like establishing how these people weren't human beings, um, thereby justifying their exploitation. Um, and in that sense, you can see how um, you can see how capitalism, in its true sense, is racist in that way. But I also want to. I also try and think about it in like in today's day, as in as in um, the condition. The, the the oppressive condition that capitalism has produced um, has fueled um, racism, and like to uh, Stephanie uh, was talking about um, like capitalism, capitalism was uh, existing before racism, and I think like I think that like there always been discrimination. Um, I mean, there's always been discrimination, but I think racism as we know it today. As in, like the um, the idea that one race is superior over the other, and the actions that have been used to establish that um, that statement or that belief has enforced um, racist rhetoric, um, has enforced ra- uh, uh, race violence and uh, um, as well as the exploitation of racialized population and ultimately um, produce the oppressive state of racialized population of black people, of brown people, of Hispanic people, Asian people, and all peoples that are not in the position um are not in a position are not in a position of power um so yeah people that are not in a position of power um so i guess is is there um there's that and i wanted to play um i wanted to play an excerpt from this um this there's a there was a black leaders discussion in 1973 it's gonna be like two minutes and then we're, we'll end it there we're really at one minute and five seconds 
um, featuring Angela Davis, Kramaturi, and Fannie Lou Hamer. And they talked about a lot of things. So I'm just going to skip to... Um, I'm going to skip to where they talked about capitalism and, um, and, uh, reform in a capitalist society. Communism. Or socialism or any other form of government. Uh, I think we have to be pragmatic about what we're talking about. You're talking about living under a system that is committed to capitalism. It's not going to change to communism or socialism or any other form of government. So what do you say, what do you do when you're, you're the oppressed, the repressed under the capitalistic form of government? You examine the system and you see how can you make changes in that system. Now the one thing that everyone seems to have forgotten here tonight is that what you're talking about in the capitalistic form of government is power. This is the only thing that, that this country responds to is power economic power and political power. And the only time that the system reacts is when you've got some of that power. Anyway, nice talk. Yeah, this was this is one this wasn't what I was I was looking for. I'm not contrasting this with any other system. I know you will because So this is a uh, Kwame Ture talking. Freedom to vote, you know, freedom to do this, freedom to do that. Uh, freedom to storm and to suffer. <laughs> exactly. I was coming to the rest of those two things. <laughs> Thank you. Right, may we have the next question, please? Anyway, that failed. That failed. But anyway, um, thank you guys for listening. Um, hopefully, we talk more about this topic. Uh, I did expect a lot more people to be here. Um, a lot more people were uh, interested. And I just want to say thank you again. Thank you for the support that um, everyone has shown regarding this. Um, make sure to share this episode. Um Pay attention to the Instagram. Um, I also made a Patreon, like I said earlier, um, and you can access uh, like exclusive content, bonus content. Um, you can also be able to listen to the podcast being recorded live. And if you can't listen to the podcast being recorded live when I'm recording it live, you are also um able to get the podcast before everyone else um and you know i kind of just brainstormed about how i could support myself and support the podcast um um and so that's where we're at right now um feel free to reach out to me and i'm always willing to talk about these talk about these things um again thank you and um that's it all right let me get my twisted tea